Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by MicroBizGame, currently fundraising on a Kickstarter platform, and it needs all the help it can get. Pledges as low as a dollar, and they are trying to help you bring back family game nights. So check out MicroBizGame on Twitter. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amalou, the writer-director of The Asian. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hallboy Suites. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, everybody. This is Mo Ali, the director of Montana. Hey, guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. The From Page to Screen Movie Good afternoon. <laughs> oh, 11 minutes ago, I'm like, whoa, we've never recorded at one o'clock. What's all that about? Yeah, man. Well, that was my reply to you on Twitter. I think it was yesterday or the day before, just that if we could do it earlier, that'd be awesome. So, Oh, I missed that message. Sorry about that. I totally missed it. No, it's all right, man. Uh, you, know, you, you do a lot on Twitter, so I understand how that just, you know, under the cavalcade of tweets at you. That you missed that one. All good, man. <laughs> I do, I do uh, feel sorry sometimes for these people who have got like a hundred followers or who are following a hundred people. Because I, I must explode their timelines. <laughs> well, absolutely crazy. Well, that's kind of like uh, Michelle and I were. There was a. Um, I think it was on Instagram, which I don't. I. I don't even know how many followers I have on there. Nothing like on Twitter, but yeah, it's like, I'll see something on there and then I have to go hunt for it. Right. But I think Michelle has, she maybe follows five people and then there's maybe, you know, like five following her back. So it's just kind of funny and that, um, she finds everything with ease versus I'm like, wow, that's like a thousand tweets ago. Let me, let me rewind, rewind things a bit or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's uh, all good. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what what we're gonna have is um, a forty five minute catch up with find out what you've been watching. Awesome. Like that. Yeah. And then people will wonder why the show's short. They'll be like, why is it a short one? Because we're gonna do another one because I'm taking the month of August off because I'm gonna be editing my experience in Comic Con film. Right. Um, but I don't want to leave people hanging. Right. Nor nor do you, I'm sure. So right. we're gonna do some episodes <laughs> where we learn a little bit about John Fouts. Nice. And his love for film. Um, and then those will be the episodes that will go up in August. Then once August is done, then we we'll can get back to um, what we've been watching and stuff like that. Sounds so, good, man. The reason for the special shows is I've kind of done mine before because Bob and I did a four-part series. We did a six-part one on video games, which was really, really good. <laughs> right. Um, because I was born in 71. I think Bob was born in 65. Right. We chatted about our introduction to video games and video arcades, and we worked our way forward. I thought, I really want to do one of these with movies. So that's the, what we did, and then that's what I'm going to interrogate you with. Nice. <laughs> so you remember the days when you would go into the arcade and you would lay your quarter down. I don't know what your currency equivalent is, but I mean, like you would lay your quarter on the machine, meaning 
I'm next. If you put another yeah. quarter in there, I can pummel you. So <laughs> Yeah, and from Scotland they would pummel you. No, yeah, no I mean doubt. also in Scotland you wouldn't you would have to keep your eye on the coin or somebody'd have that. <laughs> somebody would take it. Um, yeah, I remember video arcades, you know, space invader tabletop games and then home computers coming in and so it was it was a really interesting six part thing and then we brought it right up to date with the consoles right and, and this impending launch of the new playstation 4 which will it be any good <laughs> you know will the xbox one be any good so it was recorded before then so it was fun yeah so that's what the special one's going to be yeah uh, i was in the prep for san diego comic-con which is like three weeks away now it's yeah. quite scary I was sending a bunch of private messages to a very select few filmmakers. I think you got one as well, so that's good. I did. And one of them I sent to um, Neil Johnson, who actually listens a filmmaker in the States, mm-hmm. and he subscribed to the podcast. And he was listening to them. He was a gentleman that I was talking about who had done the How to Make a Feature Film for $2,000. Right. Movies. He's like, oh, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, it always blows my mind when you find out people listen to your podcasts. Yeah. I mean... You kind of know they do because you see the numbers. Right. But when somebody like says, I listen to it, you're like, really? Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? But, but you don't want to knock it because they might go, actually, that's a good point. Why? Yeah, I'm going to stop. Right. Um, so he is working on a whole bunch of films and he's got a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to one of the actresses who's in his film and I'm, I cut and pasted this message to her regarding the favor that I'm asking for the film. And she replied back going, oh, I was listening to you talking about this on your podcast. I'm like, you listen as well? What's going on? <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> so that's like two people that listen. Right. So thank you to, to the pair of them. Right. <laughs> so it's very, very good. We have you know, lots of filmmakers, not only on the show like yourself, but also uh, listening to it as well. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. That's great so. when you have feedback. I think, you know, like the fact that we can see – like 1500 people on the norm on a Monday morning, uh, you know, like hanging with us at least for a moment or two on stream with the dot. Right. And yep. then there's like a dozen hardcore people who will actually interact with us. And then some people will find us and go, you know, what the hell is this? This is kind of cool. Or, <laughs> or you guys should be on YouTube, which I'm like, yeah, I still need to do that. Uh, the Kickstarter uh, thing. But anyway, yeah. So we can get, uh, you know, all the equipment so I can set it up with ease or just leave it set up full time. But yeah. And then um, we could actually be there. But yeah, it's those those mystery people, the the other 1500 people that just kind of breeze by and watch us for a while. They're just warriors. They don't want to interact. And um, but anyway, yeah, you see those numbers. And then, of course, Merlage is probably the most vocal advocate for your show uh, and waxing cinematic and 18 degrees below horizon. And she'll send emails and tweet live tweet or whatever. And, uh, she's very sweet to support us the way that she does. So when you, uh, when you put like a message out going, so if anybody out there has a top 10 films, right. Send us that. Our will send like something that st- even Stephen King wouldn't write something. Up right. And- so you get like an essay and you're like, I, I, I feel really ashamed of the amount of prep that I do for the show next. Because, <laughs> so. yeah, sometimes Jake will come in and uh, he's just like, yeah, I didn't have time to prep. We're going to wing it. And then, but I mean, like I have notes and you know how I do. It's like top 10 becomes top 50, which so yeah. I go the exact opposite way on the norm. So, yeah, I think there was a couple of times where Jake was uh, 
had made notes and then I didn't make any. And, uh, and so anyway, but it's interesting. But yeah, Merlage, even I remember one time we mentioned doing a uh, coming of age, uh, you know, like uh, episode. And so before we could even make her list, Merlage had already emailed us her list. So she is on the ball. She is. It's crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> so how so, is, uh, yeah. how is your Comic-Con prep coming? It's coming really well. I've been watching a bunch of documentaries this week, so most of the stuff I've watched have been various documentaries, so I seem to be into that whole thing. Right. And last night I watched one, and then I was just about to go to bed, I think, and and I had a whole idea. I'm like, I know what I can do. I'm going to gut the script that I've already written and change it all up. So I've just finished writing all that, and it looks, from from me looking at it, it looks really good. <laughs> right. So it's uh, it's fun because and I don't want to sort of tell you how the changes are because then there's no point in watching it. But it it always it, it, the Comic Con movies set out to be one thing like nearly a year ago when I started it. Right. But then one thing led to another and another and another and then it kind of derailed. But so I got it back on track. So it's totally different to the way that I envisioned the thing being in the first place. Right. So I'm actually writing a lot of that into it. So, you know, it's like when you watch the finished film, it won't be, this was always my plan for this film. It's like, <laughs> nope, this is what I wanted. This is how it went wrong. This is what it became. And now look where it's headed. So it's it's more like a, an autobiographical video podcast that's got Comic-Cons in it. Right, it right. This is almost like the movie Chappie. But which parent are you? Which, you know what I mean? Have you, you've seen Chappie, right? Oh, okay. well, I, yeah. I love Chappie. People bash that film. And it's really good. <laughs> I have yet to buy it on Blu-ray, but it is on my list. And every time Amazon will say, hey, $7 for the Blu-ray. And I'm like, I'm going to order it tomorrow. And then what What the hell, man? 30 No, I'm going to wait again. <laughs> so, But yeah, I, I've watched it twice. And I guess as a parent, it really resonated uh, with me in that, you know, you – you have influence over this this child who is like Chappie, who is just absorbing all these things and, and mimicking and, and stuff. And yeah, it's really, I, I thought it was cool on that level. But then story-wise, I think it's really cool. And the fact that it had, um, oh, what is it? Uh, Die Antwoord, however you pronounce their name. Um, you know, the African band and yeah. uh, or South African, wherever they're from. But anyway, yeah, I mean, like it was, I, I was wondering why the hell they were in there. Because I've seen their music videos, and I'm like, yeah, can they really act? I don't know. But they pulled it off, and you have good mom, bad dad, and then you have God trying to get Chappie, you know, like on the uh, the best path. And so it was, it was. I, I thought it was a really cool moral tale. Why do you think people bash it? Do you think it's because we don't like you, Chappie, because you're not District Nine? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. And two. You know, there's a very similar um, uh, style as far as camera work and, and all that. And I think people just, I don't know, maybe it wasn't District 9 enough. Maybe it was just like, ah, it's a copy, but instead of bug creatures, we have a robot, you know. And I, I don't know, man. Maybe people felt like, holy shit, I'm that bad parent. I don't like this movie. I, I don't know. Because <laughs> it did. It got a real hammer in. I thought, well, I yeah. liked Elysium, which again got another bashing. Right. Um, I like District 9, so I'm pretty safe to say I'm a Neil Blomkamp fan. Yeah. Um, so I went into Chappie going, oh, God, let's see what he's done. And I really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> but I think when a, when you become a really cool filmmaker, I think M. Night, he suffered from oh, as well. Yeah. Where, where it's like, we love success. It's great. 
Wheel of Unbreakable. That's great. Right. And then he got so far, and then they, they either attacked him for doing the same old thing again. <laughs> right. Or or they attacked him for doing something so different that it wasn't like what they enjoyed in the first place. So it's like, well, what do you do? Right. Neil Blomkamp, can, if he does something that isn't set in South Africa or <laughs> of some sort of underlying political thing, they'll bash him for it. They'll go, oh, I, we, 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 we want District 9. Right. <laughs> it's just oh, which brings us back to the episode we did, where people are just so damn angry when it comes right. to film and life in general. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it, you're right. I mean, it's you look at. I mean, has John Woo ever been criticized for the use of doves and and slow motion? No. I will, oh, I was listening to <laughs> a podcast. I can't remember which one it was. Right? But they were on about because um, I'm a massive John Woo fan. Yeah. I'd seen all the Killer and the Better Tomorrow and right. Bullet to the Head and all that sort of stuff. And when he came over to Hollywood to do Hard Target, right. this was way after he'd done all Hard Boiled and stuff. Right. The studio actually had Sam Raimi on set <laughs> because they weren't convinced that John Woo could do an action movie. <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> That's Hollywood, though, man. They are so dysfunctional. Where it's just kind of like you are the flavor of the day. And your flavor will uh, – it's like, wait a minute. you Like there was one guy – oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. But um, he directed a whole bunch of like uh, superhero animated um, you know episodes for uh, WB or whatever it was. And then he went on to do some little like grade schooler kind of show where it was almost like Dora the Explorer, something that simplified, right? And then he wanted to do the he wanted to direct the uh, the Spider Man animated series and I cannot remember if it I think it was Amazing Spider Man, uh, but it was kind of a new take uh, stylistically on Spider Man. And even though he had more than proven himself, because the last thing he did was like a show for three year olds, they were like, "Oh, you don't know how to direct this." Sure as hell, man. Look at my resume. <laughs> but Hollywood's just like, no. But then they gave him a chance, and then he was successful with it. But yeah, Hollywood is just so fickle. It's you know, wait a minute. You 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 were uh, wearing glasses last time. You can't not wear glasses. Yeah, I had I had LASIKs. Come on, man. My eyes are perfect now. I mean, Hollywood just has this little. Um, th- they take a snapshot, and then it's like this is who you are. Uh, and they forget everything that you've done, unless I guess you're Spielberg. But I mean, there was something I was reading within the last six months where even Spielberg was having trouble getting some movie made. And he finally just gave up on it. I, I can't remember what the title was, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when, when Stallone can't even get Rocky, uh, whatever, Rocky Balboa funded, then, you know, Hollywood has some issues, I think, man. Because if, if it was my money, I'd be like, hell yeah, I love the Rocky series and uh, you know, let's let's do it, and then hell, man, to invest in Creed. But I digress. We're we're jumping around here, as we always do with me. I'm sure <laughs> Hollywood Hollywood is crazy. I think that pretty much something. <laughs> right, but but we love it anyway. Oh hell yeah, man! It was like where now I cannot remember where this quote came from, but it was a gangster movie where um, oh it was knock around guys where uh, one of the younger guys is talking to the older gangster, and he said. They're cops. They're dirty cops. And he goes, I think it was uh, Malcolm's character. And he was like, no, you already said cops. So, yeah, man, it's like <laughs> Hollywood. We It comes with all those connotations already. So <laughs> I'm uh, currently reading Corey Feldman's autobiography. And that is amazing. Really? It's <laughs> such a good book. Uh, I finished off reading Bridget Nielsen's autobiography. Right. And that was really good. I thought, which one do I start next? Let's just read Corey Hames. It's amazing. Right. It is really. 
it seems, I mean, I suppose it's very easy for him to write down whatever, but it comes across as super honest. Right. Because it's not him going, yes, I'm great and I'm wonderful. And everybody else made mistakes. And I did. He's writing down his mistakes. He's right. talking about other people's mistakes. It's such an interesting book. It's really good. Yeah. I would check that out. It was uh, I'd mentioned the other week to Corey because we're obviously best friends because he retweeted me once um, <laughs> that I was reading his book and it was amazing. And uh, he yeah clicked on my tweet. That's, so my, thank you, man. That's Early. good. Yeah, you know I think that's one thing that um, that some Hollywood people you know like whether it's uh, John uh, Favreau or uh, Mia was it Mila Jovovich, however you pronounce her name. I know she said that on TV before and I can't remember it. But anyway. I follow them. Needless to say, they don't follow me. But both of them will tweet from the set. They will Instagram from the set, and they keep you involved. And they like when uh, uh, Favreau was doing the um, oh, what is it, um, uh, Chef? Um, Love it. You know, and yep. which was a great, simple indie film. You know, it just had great heart, great music, and I enjoyed it. It was just a very simple thing. Don't look for, you know, a life-changing moment unless it's like, damn, maybe I do need to connect with my son who has become estranged. But anyway, um, you know, it, it, it was fun. But anyway, I love the way they are very open and, hey, here's what I'm doing. And so it's cool. But I, I think more Hollywood people need to embrace that because I think Hugh Jackman, who I used to follow – um, you know, he would tweet some from the set, but a lot of it's like, you know, selfies from wherever he is. I'm like, you know what? I've okay. I can see you in a movie, man. You know what I mean? Show me the, the filmmaking process the way some of these other people do. But I wish more of Hollywood would embrace that side. I mean, they are certainly self-absorbed. So why not, you know, tweet more and and, uh, you know, inspire us all. A good person to follow on Twitter is Tony Todd. He played Candyman as well as a bunch of other films. He's very good on Twitter. Okay. For uh, for tweeting stuff, he'll tweet all sorts. He'll tweet Instagram pictures. He'll tweet um, like SoundCloud, Spotify tracks that he's listening to. Right. And he's he's a cool guy. So there's there's a whole bunch of uh, awesome people. And uh, follow Neil Johnson, filmmaker that I've mentioned before, because he's also awesome. he sort of sticks. He put a picture out yesterday. He's in the color grade um, for his new film. Yeah. And he's putting out screenshots of. You know, like, here's the color grade, grade for Rogue Warrior Robot Fighter. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> a little picture of the monitor. So he does show a lot of the behind-the-scenes right. stuff. And he'll put out posters and stuff like that. Oh, that is cool. Don't you, Neil? Yes, you do. <laughs> there we go. That's giving him a chance to interact with us. There you there, go, so. man. I've, as soon as we're done, I will um, – I've made note uh, once again about uh, Bridget Nielsen's bio, but then Corey Feldman's bio. And, um, and then uh, uh, Tony and Neil, I'll follow them on Twitter. Fantastic. I finally hit, uh, it's, I had a notification from Twitter, I think it was maybe Monday or Tuesday, and it said, congratulations, you have uh, you know exceeded the 3,000 follower mark or whatever. So yay. I had no idea that that was like a grading scale with Twitter, that they would actually go, yay, dude, congratulations. Yeah, they, throw, they throw a party and everything. They really <laughs> do. Do you not attend? Do not bother going? No, I, I sent someone in my place. I, you know, I don't have time for that kind of frivolity. Well, well, I'm, I'm in the process of arranging a Q&A panel in Hall H at San Diego to discuss how you got to 3,000 followers and stuff. So that'll be, that'll be on the 20th of July in Hall H at 12. All right, man. That's that, uh, that video Skype. So I need to, like, actually take a, a shower, right? 
<laughs> Definitely. <yeah. laughs> oh. so, what have you been watching? Anything exciting or anything uh, not so exciting? You know, I rewatched Crawl or Die. I don't know if you ever saw that movie or not, but um, it's a. Oh, but I've heard it talked about. Often. <laughs> it's a. It's an independent movie. The budget. I'm assuming because Oklahoma actually brought it up on the show uh, that we recorded. I think it was Monday afternoon with uh, he and Nicole Alonso. Nicole is the star of the thing. And um, anyway, he said it five thousand dollar budget, and it's amazing what they did with just five grand. But they have a solid movie, and it um, it really gets better as the tension builds, and you get to the point where you know. I even found myself going, I don't even want to breathe now because she's going through tunnels trying to um, take the package, which is this uh, the last woman who can get pregnant, right? Uh, trying to take her uh, to safety, and there's. Uh, anyway, there's this alien that is coming after uh, it, it eats humans, right? So anyway, coming through the tunnels, and uh, so anyway, uh, Nicole's character is called Tank, and she's trying to elude this alien. So it's it's kind of cool, very claustrophobic, and uh, but, but very indie. But anyway, they are in the process of uh, raising their own funds to do the second movie because it's going to be a trilogy. But anyway, so I rewatched Crawler Die and enjoyed it again. Um, have you ever heard of a TV show called Angie Tribeca? No. You can catch it on Hulu, I'm assuming. I don't know, unless the, the UK powers that be at Hulu say, no, there's a blockade there. But it is as stupid as Naked Gun and hilarious, <laughs> man. It is just, I mean, like uh, when Michelle and I were at the beach last weekend, um, there were a couple times like where she was getting ready for us to go out to eat or to the wedding and I mean, hell, I just get dressed and sit on the sofa. I'm very low maintenance, right? But anyway, so I'm flipping through the channels, and I hit this, um, you know, the Angie Tribeca show. And it's it's just a sitcom. But anyway, it's it's all done with that vibe of, um, oh, what is the thing that uh, Emily, my daughter, likes to watch? Like, uh, But anyway, like a drama with a lot, you know, but it's all so stupid. Like, you know, she's... Um, getting up in the morning, doing her training, taking a shower, and then she's putting on guns everywhere, right? And then she takes this uh, compound bow and starts inserting it into the back of her pants, and then she comes around the corner, and of course she has a sports jacket on. So it's kind of like my joke about Master Chief and where he hides his bazooka, right? <laughs> and uh, But anyway, but at that point, I was hooked. And so um, we came back and we watched the entire pilot last night and, uh, and Michelle and I have very similar taste in movies and TV shows and, uh, humor, etc. So, um, yeah, we laughed and laughed cause it's just stupid. And then they're driving down the road and every time they show a shot of them in the car, there's that, that, you know, that important chord that just says drama. Right. And, um, yeah. they're in a different Ford vehicle and it says Ford.com down at the bottom. So anyway, incredibly stupid fun. And uh, I would highly recommend it to anyone who liked the Naked Gun and, and, and that kind of uh, you know airplane, that kind of stupidity. Because uh, yep. it really did. It makes me laugh. Um, another thing I watched was a movie called Hush. And I don't know if you've seen that or not. That's no, I hope. I think I'm the only one that's not seen it though, because you know Stu and Lauren have watched it. Right. We chatted about it a little bit on the horror show. Right. I know you'd watched it. I'm, I'm feeling left out now. Right, right. Because I've not seen it. <laughs> Kate Siegel plays a deaf mute who um, is 
for I cannot remember right off the top of my head why she's in the middle of nowhere, but of course it makes for a great uh, plot, right? So she has this this nice little house. I mean, like if Michelle and I had this, then um, you know it's like, hey, come visit, but don't stay. You know what I mean? It, it's very small, but it would I, the great great layout. But anyway, I digress again. So anyway, but uh, she's a deaf mute, and there's this psychopath in the woods who is going to kill her right and so it's just really cool because you're dealing with knowing that she can't hear him trying to creep in or bang on the window or whatever so it kind of adds an extra uh you know an element of suspense in there so yeah definitely check it out the cool thing is kate seagal worked with her a couple of years ago on another project uh for about a week she's very sweet very talented and um so anyway her husband wrote this with her and they produced it. So it's ultra indie. I think there's maybe four people in the entire uh, movie. But um, but just really well done. Kind of reminded me of uh, Splinter in a way. I don't, I'm sure you saw that from years ago. Oh, know. my goodness, man. I am batting at zero. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch lots of films, honest. <laughs> you do? Well, you have a stack. Well, it's funny. The, uh, the kids, uh, while we were at the beach, the, uh, my mom came over to stay with the uh, younger kids, not to insult the older kids because they don't need babysitters. But anyway, um, and I probably just insulted Abby. But anyway, that's okay. Um, but anyway, uh, Ian brought up a uh, the movie that my kids have not seen, so maybe we'll see it over the weekend. But uh, it was Spaceballs. But it was funny in the way that Ian worded it because he was like, "Yeah, I went into the um, you know the video or the DVD closet. Like we have a vast library, so I think I'm going to change the name of it to either the Video Vault, which sounds really really cool, or um, you know, like the, um, you know, like archive. Yeah. Archive. That's, yeah. There you go. But just, yeah. you know, and that way, if we're out in public, they're just like, damn, man, you do have a lot of movies. You are a movie exactly. man. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to take a drive down to the archive. That's this right. afternoon. I shall try and locate. <laughs> that's right. Well, it's like, there's a friend of mine that, uh, they, her, her family business, they had a trailer out behind the building. Right. But she always called that the warehouse. So I was thinking, holy shit, man, you've got a really, you know, your parents own a huge business. And then I finally visited and it, it was a trailer with stuff in it. You know what I mean? Which, you know, merchandise, I get it. But yeah, I just had a much more grandiose view with the term warehouse. So. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Also, do you remember uh, the Mighty Joe Young remake with Charlize Theron? I do. I didn't mind that. I've only seen it once when it came out. Yeah. Oh, I quite enjoyed it. It's all right. I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, maybe the second time. But this time, number one, Bill Paxton's acting is, you know, with the exception of, I think it was Aliens, and surely there's one more where he was actually pretty good. And then, of course, as Jake points out, he did great in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, but overall, his acting is the equivalent of background actors who also had a lot of FaceTime in Mighty Joe Young. So really, there's Charlize Theron, who just can do no wrong. I've never seen her act poorly in anything. And then you had the mechanical Mighty Joe Young, who was still more animated than Bill Paxton was in most of the movies. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, it just it seemed a bit just forced and ham-fisted all the way through, you know? And yep. so I didn't enjoy it th- that much this time. And that was one of those, I was like, you know what? Um, the, we watched the, uh, rise of, what was the first planet of the apes? The, um, yeah, right. Rise of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. We watched that cause Kate wanted to see it. 
And um, and I was like, wow, you know what? She really enjoyed this. I bet she would enjoy Mighty Joe Young. Clickety click on Amazon. <laughs> Two day delivery because it's free Amazon Prime. Bam, it's here. Let's watch it. And I was just sitting there going, jeez, man, I, I want to go to sleep. This is awful. Now Rick Baker did a, a just phenomenal job as always with the uh, gorilla, uh, you know. But and there was a CG version, and then there was your uh, live action version um you know that was i guess green screened in but so a lot of really great things happening in the story but yeah bill paxton just kind of that that was the hole in the raft you know <laughs> so so uh, what what are you going to watch next week you're going to watch congo next week oh, no. <laughs> that would be a good palate cleanser like uh, a nasty old moldy saltine no you know i didn't hate congo the way jake did um i read the book and then i watched the movie and so i I thought they did okay with the movie i I remember there being some issues but i haven't seen that in at least um probably a decade or more so i could be wrong again i'm not going to order it for two-day delivery on amazon though (laughs) are you gonna sort of finish it off though with dunstan checks in because that's (laughs) you gotta do this whole that's the first time dunstan checks in has been mentioned on a podcast in about 15 I, years probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of uh we were yeah did the uh podcast i think it's posted as far as like uh big starts or little small starts for big names or whatever but yes it's and uh, but anyway, Jake was you know we were talking about Clint Eastwood having a uh, role that he wasn't even credited for. He was like the lab assistant in the sequel to The Creature from the Black Lagoon. And <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that, but anyway, it was funny in that uh, my first recollection of Clint Eastwood was any which way you can. Him and the orangutan and the old lady sitting on the porch oh, with a shotgun shooting everybody okay. the bird. So. You know, yeah. we all have our Clint Eastwood start, and that was mine. So, <laughs> I think I'm trying to think what mine was. I think mine probably would have been the first Dirty Harry film. Oh yeah, on TV or or maybe Magnum Force or something. Like that, yeah, a bit later, but... which you know what, Magnum Force was on down at the beach too. I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but um, and of course it was edited for whatever channel we were we were watching, but. Um, it's, I started it up about the time, I think, uh, you know, there was something going on, like, uh, I guess, you know, Harry was getting reamed out in the, uh, like his chief's office or whatever. But anyway, then it went to the stakeout where they're looking at the mob boss, right? Pop zooms and all that stuff. And then, uh, the assassin comes in dressed as a cop and starts blowing people away. Right. And, uh, so when he shot the girl and she fell out the window, and she's falling and hits the the banister and then does another. And I'm thinking, geez, this is like Mad Max quality. You know, I mean, this is someone, I mean, like, it didn't look like a dummy. I don't remember anyone dying. I don't see how someone could recover from that because obviously she was naked. And uh, she beamed that bar. And then I, I guess she landed okay. Otherwise, they just, you know, the big balloon she landed in, they just wrapped her up and said, where did she go? I don't know. But that one, that I, I looked it up on YouTube and showed Michelle. Because, again, Michelle was getting ready for the wedding. So, anyway. <laughs> women women and, and looking great. They already do. But yet, they still want to spend time in front of the mirror. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas us males, it's like, oh, I'm going to be out the door in 10 minutes. And usually we are out the door in 10 minutes. It's fine. Pretty much, man. You know, it's kind of like, oh, I forgot to shave. Whatever, man. I'm, I'm, you know, yep. it's time to leave. Put, put the clothes on, comb the hair, done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, carry on. Oh, I was going to say oh. the final thing. Uh, we've been watching The Strain, which is uh, I think it was Del Toro's brainchild. I think he's producer on the TV show, but um, but it's. It is what it is, you know, little wormy things and zombies and, you know, reanimation kind of stuff. So have you seen that yet? I often, I get very nervous with TV shows now. I wait until they've been on a few years and they don't get cancelled on a cliffhanger <laughs> before I start watching I hear That is a safe way to do it. <laughs> you know, as I watched a pilot of Damien, the, the spin-off for The Omen, and I thought, this is really good. Right. But it only lasted a season, so I don't need to bother watching the rest of it. <laughs> right. So, you know, Penny Dreadful's been cancelled, but that's lasted, I think, three seasons, so maybe that'll be worth right. watching at, at some point. Yeah. But, but it, yes. it does it does kind of kill it unless you know that that the end of the the three season arc is there you know versus like just leaving you hanging uh, I think uh, a buddy of mine uh, Facebook messaged me that Dark Matter season two is going to be hitting Sci Fi I think it's this month and which is good because it did kind of leave us hanging and it really felt kind of like ah you know we're not going to be back sorry guys look it up online we'll tell you what was going to happen you know. And at least they do that. That's one thing, I suppose. <laughs> right. There was some TV show that lit, that just ended with that kind of, you know, it was just kind of like a freight train. And then suddenly it's like <laughs> vanishing act. And I can't remember what it was, but I looked it up and yeah, sure as hell. One of the uh, showrunners was like, okay, this is where we're going. Oh, it was that show. What was the cop drama where um, the guy lost, like he was in a bad automobile accident and um, he would, maybe it was called awake, but anyway, he would, um, as soon as he would go to sleep, he was in the alternate world where his son died and his wife lived. And then if he goes to sleep, then bam, it flips. And so he lives in this dual reality and, uh, he has a therapist in both and both of them are saying, you know, you, you need some help, man. This is, this is reality. And so anyway, I enjoyed it. And then, of course, at the end of one season, because it was deep and because it was complicated, then, you know, people are shitting on it saying, ah, we don't want it. Cancel it. So, yeah, and I'm like, damn it, man. That was pretty cool because the, the final episode. Um, anyway, let's I, I won't blow it in case you ever see it, although, you know, it was kind of disappointing that it was canceled. But each each world had its own color, right? Like color tint. And so. Then the final episode was like, hey, here's a third world. And you're like, what the hell is going on? So it was always my my theory that he was in a coma. And, and that eventually he would wake up and then have to deal with everything in the reality. But anyway, it was kind of cool. Did, did you look up to see what the original ending was? Um, the, the guys were kind of vague with it. Uh, as right. far as the show, so they hadn't a clue. <laughs> no, probably, they were like that was yet another reality because the we were all thinking, okay, that's actually the reality. But yeah, it was you know like, and then of course we had big plans for the show, really, because you're not sharing them now. And who knows, maybe you know ABC was just very tight fisted with it all. But you know, it's like Flash Forward. I think Flash Forward was great until they reached that point where they were no longer omnipotent they didn't know what was coming in the future so then what are you going to do you know so yeah it's i i don't i haven't been watching what's the abc show where uh the chick has tattoos all over and um yeah i've not been watching that one either yeah i remember it yeah it's a couple of, couple of years old now, i think isn't it uh, at least, could be at it least felt one. like it. i mean like we started watching it and it was it was good for like the first maybe four or five episodes and then 
uh, we just kind of lost interest. There were some other things going on. And then the commercial comes up. Yes, she did it to herself. And I'm like, oh, shit, man. I guess there's no I, I guess I won't be watching it. I won't be catching up. Right. So <laughs> no. that was like the cliff notes. Uh, so I guess we can just jump back into it and see what's happening. So is she good? Is she bad? Who knows? But, yeah, I, I probably will skip that altogether. Have you heard they're doing some recasting for season three of Gotham? No. What are they going to do? They are well. They've already recast Poison Ivy. Yeah. Um, who will no longer be a fourteen-year-old girl? <laughs> she will, in fact, be a nineteen-year-old woman. Oh my gosh! Uh, and apparently, within the storyline, she walks past something or comes into contact with some sort of chemical, right. and it makes her older. It's like that's right. really flimsy. Yeah, that's really flimsy. She, so now Poison Ivy is, in fact, older than Bruce Wayne and Catwoman <laughs> or Cat. Cat girl or whatever. Right. Yeah, cat. Jesus. Just, just cat. Yeah, let's call her cat. Let's, yeah, it's it's more politically <laughs> correct. <laughs> Maybe. Um, now, you know, we have a puppy and the puppy is growing in leaps and bounds. And uh, the vet says that he'll probably be about 100 pounds when he's done. Right. And um, wow. so anyway, I have no idea where this box of miracle Grow came from. But at one point last week, I hear this pop. Right. And. There's an explosion of blue all over the place. And I look out, and Zeus is on the sofa looking like, I didn't do it, man. And uh, <laughs> But maybe that's going to be the storyline so they can implement, you know, like have product implementation or whatever, inclusion. Uh, it's miracle Grow. Like she falls down into a big bowl, kind of like Joker did, right? Except this yeah. is a big pot of miracle Grow, and that's what makes her grow up so fast. It's crazy. Radioactive miracle Grow. I'm very close to checking out Gotham, I think. I thought season two was kind of a struggle compared to season one, which I just burned through really fast. Because mm-hmm. it it, they seem to be trying to rival either Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Marvel. Let's bring in this character. Let's do that. Let's have these weird Azriel things running around. And it's like, I just want to see criminals and gangsters and Penguin and Riddler. And- you want to see some detective work, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm not sure whether I will return to that one next year. Yeah. Um, I have finished the first half of the season two of Fear the Walking Dead, which I like that show. And that's another show people are crapping all over. Right. Um, because it's not The Walking Dead. Right. Go figure. <laughs> right. Um, but it's really good. It's just, you know, society breaks down and it's a different set of characters. And, right. You know, they're swimming around in, in a yacht trying to get to someplace safe before... <laughs> People eat them. Right. Well, it's, uh, it's a good show. She's on. Uh, they, they obviously haven't seen the one movie where they hop on that yacht and they uh, go to what they think is a remote island. And then that's the end of the movie, isn't it? Where it's like, wait a minute. Is that a zombie? Cut the credits. Yay. It's not uh, it's the remake of Dawn of the Dead. I think, <laughs> I it? think so. <laughs> I think it is. But it's just like it's this chaotic flash of legs. Right. You know, like screams and stuff. You're like, yep, that's them dead. Uh, yep. So are you a, uh, a like a, a slow zombie or a running zombie kind of guy? If I have to choose, and it's a hard choice, I love the George A. Romero stuff. Yeah. Um, if I have to do a list of my all-time favorite horror films, Night of the Living Dead is always there. Yeah. So I do like the slow zombies, but there is something more petrifying about the 28 Days Later <laughs> Uh, the Dawn of the Dead, Zack Snyder type zombies. So I think if I was to make it, fast ones would probably be this scarier. Right. I easily. I agree because they're not going to get winded. They don't need to breathe. They're not going to get tired because they cannot comprehend it. And the um, when they were, I, I think in the Zack Snyder um, movie, there was you know like they were trying to get into the mall and there were all these slow zombies. Right. They all seem very docile like we're used to. 
And then there was that one kind of looked like a triathlon kind of Ironman looks up and then starts running. And I'm like, dude, that's like 20 miles an hour. It looks like, you know, so yeah, that kind of up the, the whole, Oh my God, I got to get in the mall now kind of thing. And that was exactly the scene just before you were describing it. That was the scene that I remembered from that film where it just, the zombie just looks at the door and you're like, right. hey, we've got ages to close this door. And he just charges right at this door. Yeah. Full belt. Right. Like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> right. And then I did like uh, the ramp up in 28 Days Later where it's like, you know, if you get one drop of spittle in your eye, bam, you're a zombie. And so, yep. you know, instead of like, oh, I wonder if he was bit. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to hide these teeth marks until later. No, there's no hiding that crap, man. You are a zombie then. Bullet in the head. Double tap. Whatever, you know. So... What did you think of 28 Weeks Later? I enjoyed it. I I don't remember that much about it. I just remember that I enjoyed it, and I bought it solely because I enjoyed 28 Days Later. And, uh, and, you know, 28 Days Later, besides being a zombie fan, um, I was intrigued with the fact that they used, what was it, Canon whatever cameras. And they shot it in PAL because they didn't even have 24p back in the day. But because it's 25 frames per second, it was easy to drop one or do whatever they do to convert it. And so the fact that they had like dozens of these cameras set up around a city block so that they could actually stop traffic over in your neck of the woods and um, get him, uh, oh, was it Cillian Murphy uh, walking around, you know, almost naked stumbling through the empty streets. That was phenomenal, man. You know, I thought it was just great. And then I enjoyed the movie to boot, but technically I was, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's impressive to watch as a film and it's impressive to watch how they actually made that film. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. I just wish they would hurry up and do 28 months later. Ah. It's like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Are they planning on it? Well, they keep rumoring to do it, right. and it's you know the the first two made enough money and enough critical acclaim to do it. Right. And Alex Garland, who's the writer of, I think he did both of them. He definitely did the first one, right. and then he obviously did Ex Machina. Right. Um, he said he's got an idea for the third one. So it's like, come on, yeah. I want a follow up to District Nine. I want a follow up <laughs> to Gross Point Blank. Yeah. I'd like another Ferris Bueller's Day Off, please. Yeah. Where he escapes from the old folks' home with Cameron and goes out for the day. <laughs> That's my pitch on that one. And uh, and I want 28 months later. Yeah. That's it's not much to ask. Right. It's maybe a couple of hundred million budget right. altogether for them. But... Well, but you know what? If enough studios would come together and say, you know what? We're going to go in. This is a group deal, right? This is a group movie discount. You know, and just bundle them all together and shoot them all back to back. So there you know like there are no days off this is almost like working for corporate america for a year and a half everything's shot everything's edited and they have all these movies somebody can retire you know it's i think that's doable exactly <laughs> i watched that uh, let's say i've been watching a lot of documentaries and stuff this week mm-hmm. and i watched one which i'd never even heard of but i picked it up because i thought what's what is that film right. it's called my my date with drew now why does like, that sound familiar what? Uh, I did tweet about it in midweek, so maybe right? you saw that. Yeah. But it is, it's the style of documentary that I love. It was a guy who called Brian who had gone on a game show and he'd won $1,100. And the answer to the question was Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. So they interviewed this guy and he's had a, he had a crush on Drew Barrymore since she was... She was in ET. He was maybe two years older than her, so it's not like oh, he good. was forty. Okay, it's not like he was forty-five <laughs> right. when he watched ET. Right. A, a very different documentary. But he watched that and he thought, you know what? I'm going to set myself a month to get a date 
with Drew Barrymore, and all I've got for the budget is this $1,100. So his friends think, well, you know what? Let's film it. We're going to film this. So they go to Circuit City at the time. It's about 10 years ago, so they've changed their policies now, unfortunately. Right. But he needs a camera, as you would do. You're going to make a documentary. Right. It's kind of one of the tools that you generally need. <laughs> like it's a really good sketch artist. Um, and he goes to Circuit City, and he gets the top-of-the-line camcorder because back then you had 30 days to take it back. Right. So he gets his camcorder and he sets off on this journey to try and get a date with Drew Barrymore. I'm not going to say whether he gets it or whether he doesn't because that's it's, that's part of the fun of the documentary. But right. my God, it's amazing. It was so heartwarming. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so if you do get a chance to check that one out. Okay. And definitely. And that was part of the reason why I thought I'm going to change my thing. Because he had, obviously, the, the speed bumps that he hit, and it was like, well, I tried this, but that's not worked. What am I going right. to do? <laughs> right. I love that aspect of it, where show the chaos, show the things that go wrong, and then hopefully it'll work out in the end. But it was a really good documentary. Yeah. You know, my day through. Okay. I pulled so it up on – I did a little Google search, so I've, I have it up, and I'll uh, check that out. Yeah. I also like the running time. It's the old-school 80s uh, hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. So rare to get a film that length nowadays. <laughs> yep. It, it, Everything's like two and a half hours now, isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, and really, I, I mean, there was a movie, a new movie that I watched not too long ago, and it was an hour and a half, and I just thought, damn, man, that was perfect. Yep. And I, I just, I don't know why people, you know, it's like, hey, look at me. Mine is three hours long. You know, what, dude, whatever, man. You know, I hope I'm entertained. <laughs> well, it's a, it's an age-old phrase, but length isn't everything. That's apparently. right. <laughs> so filmmakers should realize that. Well. If you have a story, there was some movie that we saw that was another, you know, like uh, new movie uh, within the last year or so, and it was an hour and twenty minutes somewhere in there, and which was just kind of unheard of because you know, I mean, even the the film festivals are like, <laughs> well. You're only an hour and 20 minutes long. We're not going to have you. And so, but a, an hour and 20 was appropriate and it was really good. So yeah, I, I think it needs to be length appropriate. That's another one of those topics that Jake and I will eventually deal with is the you know, length appropriate movies. Cause sometimes, you know, you, you watch something that's four hours long and you've been thrilled all the way through and it's like, wow, I can't believe it's, you know, tomorrow. And but then you have other times where it's an hour and a half, like Vice, which I think was I don't know, it should have been a short film. But anyway, yeah, it's, it should have been a, tra- a trailer. It's too long. Should, the trailer was great, man. I think you have a good point there. <laughs> but it's I think with mine, the one that I'm doing, it'll be as long as it needs to be to allow me to tell the story that I need to tell. So that's awesome. That's that's yeah. exactly what every movie should be. And yep. you may come up with a mini series, right? I may well do, yeah. I think, because uh, yeah, my initial plans, I'm up to about 30-odd hours worth of footage so far, and that's before I shoot the final block right. uh, in the next three weeks. So I think there may be extra versions uh, <laughs> out there at some point, but I'll discover that in August when I'm uh, doing nothing but editing. So uh, <laughs> I'm coming up with a soundtrack on GarageBand. There you go, man. You'll do it. You'll do it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I if know. you if you need voiceover, trailer guy, or whatever voice you need, if you <laughs> yes. need an American, I will do it, man. Just let me know. <laughs> so if I need a British accent, apparently you can uh, you can sort that out. <laughs> well, you know, Disney thought it was good, but I mean, you know, Disney is the home of Mary Poppins, so I really don't, you know, I I don't know how good a compliment that actually is, but you know, yeah, but D- Disney also did the um the the two Lindsay Lohan 
things, Parent Trap remake, and one of them was English. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't remember Lindsay Lohan go, cool, blimey, Gaffner. That's right. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. Right. It was, uh, it was okay. And have you, now, have you seen Lindsay Lohan lately? No, isn't she too busy? Um, uh, God, who's she having a go at? She was having a go at somebody. Everybody, I think. Oh, she's yeah, you're right. Social media slagging everybody off. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, like, if she was to get pissed off at me or you, that would just be more Twitter followers. And I'm not a mean-spirited yeah. guy, but she is entering the Mickey Rourke stages of cosmetic surgery for the face. I, I did not even recognize her, and I'm not going to say who she reminded me of, but it's an actress who is, like, in her 50s. And so I was like, oh, hey, I wonder what she, oh, my God, it's Lindsay Lohan. I, I just, you know, I, I wish that Hollywood wouldn't brainwash people into thinking, hey, you have to be a size negative three or you have to uh, have puffy lips or whatever. I, I, I wish that it was more like, um, you know, the, the I don't know, even the 80s where you could be beautiful and unique looking versus, okay, let's turn everybody into either this version or that version of the female. And it just, I don't know, man. I mean, like at some point we'll just do CG everything and uh, actors won't even have a job, I guess. I don't know. I mean, as far as this whole be perfect kind of mentality, hopefully Hollywood will wise up and stop creating, uh, you know, these people with, uh, anorexia and bulimia and, and all these health issues or collagen face or, or silicone face. Exactly. <laughs> we can hope they'll, uh, wise up. Yeah. Nice. Well, it'd be nice to have older actresses who can actually move their face and emote some, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <it> would, <laughs> well, at one point, otherwise, yeah, go ahead. Otherwise Andy circus will end up doing everybody's <laughs> facial expressions. <You're> right. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, he is the go-to guy. What a cool gig, man. You show up in your pajamas or whatever, man. You know, it doesn't matter because you're going to have green dots plastered all over your face and you're going to be put into a skin-tight suit and you're going to jump around and be a gorilla or or whatever, you know? <laughs> for, the, for the past two weekends, Annette and I have watched the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. So, you know, weekend one was obviously Fellowship. Last weekend was Two Towers. And this weekend will be The Return of the King. Nice. All extended versions. All right. Because she's never, she's never seen them before. No so, way! So, oh, nope. <laughs> Never, ever watched them. So she did say that once we finish this, what franchise should we tackle next? And I'm like, I can't really think of one because Lord of the Rings is pretty big. Right. And the only trilogy she's not seen are the uh, Star Wars prequels. So we may tackle those. Wow. Yep. You know, have you noticed, and I don't know your take on the uh, the prequels. And I mean, for what they are, they're fine. But there's this one kid on YouTube, and I say kid, I don't know how old he is, but I think he's in high school, um, who took the blue like ripped the blu-ray and did a re-edit cutting jar jar binks down to minimal in episode one cutting out a lot of the c-3po i'm an asshole bullshit um in episode two and then i forget what they did episode three but i mean like really trimmed it down so that it's a better tighter movie jake saw episode one so that's probably not what you want to show annette as a first run but uh those are available and you can like stream them to your tv or run them through one of your mini uh playstation versions and get them on the big screen for you yeah the only prequel i don't like is episode two because it's just way too much cgi yeah and bad bad cgi compared to i prefer the practical yeah yeah um and that was the nice thing with jj abrams hopping into the director's chair where you know uh we have much more practical stuff that and i I like his uh philosophy on the force you know let's not focus on the metachlorian crap let's not explain what the force is 
because the force was all inclusive. And then suddenly it's like, er, his metachlorian count is high. And then, you know, and then suddenly it's like, oh, well, you're screwed because your metachlorian count isn't even existent, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I like the fact you could actually play J.J. Abrams as a playable character in the new Lego Star Wars. No! Yeah. And, and <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. Oh. <laughs> She's in there as well. So that's oh my gosh. Yeah. That's probably it, but does that even come out for the 360 or is that an Xbox One and PlayStation? No, no, it's 360. Oh really? Uh, I, I picked it up on Tuesday for Annette on the 360 yeah. because she wants to get all the achievement points and stuff on her profile. Right. And uh, yeah, it's out for 360, the Vita, there's a mobile version of it come out <laughs> and then obviously the new the new consoles and stuff. Right. So pick it up oh, that's so. cool man well i'll have to check that out because um it, it's funny that's one of those games that uh you know the whole lego thing that i played with each one of the kids as they hit that age in or stage in life although i enjoy them period i think they're they're great fun but um but uh, you know it's the, like kate and i were playing the what was it the um i guess it was marvel uh superheroes or whatever they called it um so that was the last one I picked up. So I'm, I think, probably two behind in the Lego uh, universe. So, yeah, but they're good. Yeah, they're yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to round this one up. Like I said, it is a shorter one because we're going to do something special for people to listen to it. <laughs> right. Or, how, how much is how much is that going to annoy people? Like, okay, so you're giving me a short show this week, so I can wait a month to hear another right. one. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. So yeah. um, you've got more waxing cinematic. You're back on. You're on schedules again for those on Mondays. Somewhat, uh, like I say, we um, interviewed uh, Nicole Alonzo and Oklahoma Ward, the filmmakers who did Crawl or Die, uh, on Monday afternoon, and they they just said that afternoons were better for them. And so that was fun hanging out with them for. Gosh, man, going on probably three hours and all I, I had, I mean like normally we do about two hours and then I chop it in half and have a couple episodes, but this one I'll still do two episodes cause there's a good breaking point where we go from the casual movie making stuff, you know, and, and you know, how, how's this, how's that and uh, how they're raising money for crawl or die too. And then I go, so what's the gear, man? What gear have you upgraded? What are you shooting with the lights and all that stuff? And, um, you know, they're building on to, in essence, their soundstage and they're building a full size spaceship for this movie. And so and of course, you know, once I heard that, I was like, shit, man, how can I get on the spaceship? So Jake and I are invited out there and he said that uh, he will um, he said he hasn't promised a in-depth interview with everybody cast and um, and, you know, with him as director uh, to anybody for any podcast because he's promised sections of the ship and stuff like that. Um, so Jake and I'll travel out to Oklahoma at some point, um, and interview Oklahoma ward, Nicole Alonso and the rest of the cast and, uh, and get on the spaceship, which is pretty cool, man. This is why waxing cinematic YouTube needs to be a thing. Yeah, it does, man. It does. I think it actually does exist. It's just, we haven't done a damn thing with it. So that's something that in, in the meantime, we need to start pumping stuff up there and, um, you know, now that YouTube has the live stream thing, which I'm assuming they record and you can watch later, like Facebook, um, I'm investigating that you have to download some codec or whatever. And there's like five that you can do. And of course they all work seamlessly on the Microsoft end, but on the Mac, well, here's a couple other ones. And so anyway, 
after I traverse that minefield, I will figure it out and we will probably uh, live stream to YouTube and uh, with the show every Monday morning. And then that'll, you know, th- then we'll have YouTube presence. So, yeah, oh, yes. that was yep. that was a hell of a long answer for that. That one little you should be on YouTube. So, yeah, but it was a hell of a good. answer. <laughs> well, good, man. <laughs> it was a, the answer was as long as it needed to be <laughs> there to tell you the go. story, wasn't it? <laughs> there you, I hope so, man. Hopefully everyone was entertained and now everybody's going, damn, I didn't know that. That's news. Yeah, well, with Game of Thrones having finished for the year, then this is the next best thing. So everybody will be <laughs> There you go. Did you? And I haven't watched the video, but I saw in there that uh, who? What is the guy who does the who writes the books, the Game of Thrones books? Oh, George Martin. Yeah, he yeah. interviewed Stephen King and asked him how the hell he writes so fast because evidently he's having a little, you know, like he, he's not really being as productive as he would like to be. Well, it's quiet. I mean, George is listening, and who knows? He might be. Right. Neil listens. Tracy listens. So, you know, right. it's possible. Is you go to less parties, you go to less <laughs> Comic Cons, right. you go to less public appearances, right. and you write. Right. That's what you do. You got one job write your books. <laughs> right. That's it. And that's how you do it, George. So, yeah. But, there you go. but then again, success. It is an easy chair, it's, it's like a lounger. You know what I mean? And it just, it carries you and lulls you to sleep. So you, you don't have that kind of like, if I don't write this, I will starve and lose my home. So, yeah. <laughs> but you, I always, one of the things, not that I'm ever up there with George or R. Martin or whatever, but right. one of the things that I would hope I would remember if I ever do become super famous is, how did I become super famous? Right. Was it for podcasting or who knows? <laughs> right. Publicity. So therefore, I need to keep doing the thing that got me here in the first place. Right. Otherwise, this is probably going to be my last uh, attempt. Right. So, <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. So, <laughs> a real sense of you were doing something wrong but that didn't give it that that feeling of excitement
when the reveal of the film happens, that's when it just becomes absurd. And the atmosphere and just the sense you get whenever you go into it is undeniable. It, it did absolutely zero for me, which could be for the hype. What we've just discussed there is just scratching the surface on it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted, and you're listening to From Page to Scream, the horror show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.